0: We know there is a kingdom coming. We know that Jesus when he comes is going to make all things new. Dear listener, is there only a future kingdom or is the kingdom already here? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkesbury in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, then stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 f.m. If you miss the radio program, then look for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube at 9 a.m. every Sunday, where these are uploaded, and you will find other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com and on Facebook, Gab, Gab T V and YouTube at Gods Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like, follow, and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. And hopefully within the next month or so, we will be back out on the public square in Wilkesbury every Sunday. It was at 11 a.m. every Sunday, but we may be moving that to the afternoon. We're trying to figure that out right now. Uh, also, I want to say if you are without a church, uh, perhaps you feel like you're you've been looking in your Bible and you you what you're reading in there and what you're seeing in church don't match up together. We would love to have you come and meet with us. We're meeting in homes at the moment. Um, and to study the Bible together uh, so that we can all just look at what does the Bible say and live that out. Uh, so if you're interested to do that, then please contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call or text at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. we were in, uh last time, looking at what the kingdom of God is. And so, going to be taking um, some time in a manner of series, trying to look at what does the scripture say about the kingdom of God and uh, trying to get a biblical picture of that. I do uh, just want to bring to your attention. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, uh, you need to listen to that, that, that each one's going to build upon another. And I mentioned in that one that inside of the New Testament, The phrase, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, or speaking about the kingdom of God is 142 times in the New Testament. Uh, So it is something that we definitely need to look into, that we need to know and understand uh, because it was spoken a lot uh, by Jesus. He spoke about it a lot. And also we look into some of the epistles, largely Paul, who's speaking about this kingdom of God. Uh, We had talked about the kingdom of God last time being a kingdom that um, is spiritual right now. It is set up in the hearts of people. Jesus said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, but the kingdom of God is within. So we understand it as a spiritual kingdom that is right now. Uh, We understand it as principles to live by, which are inside of that spiritual kingdom. We understand that that kingdom is uh, the church of Jesus Christ And there's also a a few places, which I think we'll be getting into today a little bit more pointedly, but the kingdom is also made up of this world that we live in right now, saints and sinners. If we go to the parable of the wheats and the tares, it says that he will gather all things that offend in his kingdom. He'll gather them out and separate the good from the bad. So it may be hard for us to look at all these places and then trying to synthesize this all to get a correct picture. What I'm simply doing is just putting before you the things that are read there in the scripture, and then we kind of have to wrestle through that and say, where does all this fit together in some kind of cohesive whole? But this morning, we are going to be dealing with the kingdom is not only something in the distant future. Uh, We had talked about last time in defining what is the kingdom, that the kingdom we find has to do with things that are happening right now, but then we see that the kingdom is made sight. Uh, At the end, where he makes all things new, a a new heaven, a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Um, So we see that there is a kingdom of glory that is going to be taking place in the end. However, the kingdom has begun at this moment. And so, what we're trying to do as uh, looking at this right now is making the point that the kingdom of God is not only a kingdom in the distant future, it is a kingdom that is starting right now. And we're told from the scriptures, it is an everlasting kingdom. So it's a kingdom that started the moment Jesus ascended up on high and is sitting at the right hand of the father on the throne with all power and authority been given unto him. It has been started since the moment that he ascended and it is an eternal kingdom, which will be unveiled before us at the end. And so this kingdom is not only in the distant future, but this kingdom is now. Matthew 3, 2 says, and Jesus said this, his first words while he was preaching, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's near. And if we were to relegate the kingdom to some distant future time, and that's the only time the kingdom is then we have a little bit of trouble with what Jesus just said here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning it's near. You can touch it. It's right th- It's right here. He was telling uh, the people whom he was speaking to at that point that the kingdom was at hand. So repent, get ready, be prepared. And so here we are 2,000 years later. If the kingdom is supposed to be just a future event, then these words don't make sense to the people he was speaking to. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's very near. So we learn by these verses that it is a present command for a present kingdom. He's saying, repent right now for the kingdom is right out here. You can touch it. It's at hand, it's near. But maybe you say it is at hand, but not yet. Maybe it's kind of spiritualized to this far distant time. However, Matthew 11, 11 through 12, he says, verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days, this is the important part here, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. We already dealt with in the first um, one about what is the kingdom, That there is no distinction, scripturally speaking, between the phrase, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. They are used interchangeably by Jesus himself. And when you compare the different gospels and, and put them together in the same parables, they use different phrases, which helps us to mean that they are meaning the same thing. It's just that each of the writers decided to use a different phrase. So um, go back there if you're still trying to figure that part out. But we're assuming that you have listened to that and that you understand now, scripturally speaking, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same thing. So we're told from the days of John the Baptist until now, the, the very time that Jesus was speaking these words, Jesus testifies that the kingdom of heaven was presently suffering violence. It was suffering violence from John the Baptist up until the time Jesus spoke these words and the violent take it by force, which helps us to realize that the kingdom of heaven was at hand and people were entering it That at that present moment. That's Jesus' words and what he said. Matthew 21, 31 and 32. Whether of uh, in the parable of these, um, some, some of the, the two sons of a father and the father tells him to do something. One of them says, okay, I'll go do it and doesn't do what he was told. The other says, no, I won't do it, but then repents and does it. That's where we're coming in. Jesus said, verily I say unto you, Among them, or excuse me, whether of them twain did the will of his father. They say unto him the first, Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterwards that ye might believe him. So he's saying that publicans and harlots were entering the kingdom of God right there and the religious elite of the day, We're missing the kingdom of God. So we find that this kingdom is a now kingdom. The kingdom could be entered then, and it still can be entered now, as we had mentioned in one of the verses, but Mark 12, 34. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, this is a Pharisee when Jesus asked him what the greatest law of God is. And he, uh, he said unto him, thou art not far from the kingdom. And no man after that durst ask him any questions. So Jesus is saying to this man, what is the greatest law of God? And when the, when the man answers discreetly, Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom. And otherwise, in other words, you, you almost have entered. You're so close. So the scribe that answered Jesus said that love was the fulfillment of the law. And Jesus said, you are so close to entering the kingdom right now. Not later in, in you know a, a future state, but right now. This is a kingdom to be presently displayed on earth in the New Testament era. Jesus told us to pray, Matthew 6:10, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now we can say that in the future state, and I think it's still true of that future state, but it's also something that we are praying right now. We're saying the kingdom is God's. He's sitting on the right hand of the father. He's given us all power and authority over heaven and in earth. Therefore, he said, go and preach the gospel. And if we look throughout Christian history from the first century until now, it is is amazing to see that from a band of 12 disciples that the gospel has reached almost the entirety of the earth. Now, there are certain places where we still have yet to evangelize and to spread the gospel, but at large, Even just the knowledge of the gospel, whether or not people have saved, it has spread. Look to the first uh, in this series for a little bit more detail on that. But this kingdom, if it's if it's internal and it's inside of our hearts, then it naturally, it logically flows that if it's changing individuals, individuals change the surrounding that they live, and hence by that, the kingdom of God is being displayed on this present earth through His people. Uh, Two kingdoms, then. Uh, at the time of Jesus and two kingdoms now presently at war. Help us to realize that this is a now kingdom. Matthew 12, 26 through 28. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come upon you. He's saying the kingdom of God is in your face. It's come upon you right now, not later, but right now. Uh, so we see here the acknowledgement that the kingdom of Satan existed then and could be warred against by the present kingdom of God. That's uh, what Jesus is speaking and teaching at that moment. Mark three twenty four. And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. So he's saying, if these kingdoms were warring together against each other right now, or if if one kingdom had a faction and it was warring together right now, it won't stand. But he said, on the contrary to his listeners, the kingdom of God is warring against the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of darkness at that present moment. It is a now kingdom, not just for later. We are to teach the present nearness of the kingdom which is entered by repentance and faith. So Jesus told his disciples, Matthew 7, as ye go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We are teaching a near kingdom. That is our directive by Jesus himself. Luke 10, verses 10 through 11. But into whatsoever city ye enter and they receive you not, go your ways out into the streets of the same and say, even the very dust of your city which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you, notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. So he's saying when when his apostles, when the disciples went into a city and people were rejecting him, he said, wipe the dust off your feet and tell the people, the kingdom of God is come unto you. As the kingdom of God was right there through the preaching of their word. The kingdom of God was at hand. They could have entered, but they didn't. That's what Jesus, we're to teach this. That's, helping us to understand that the kingdom is now. Not only are we to teach that the that people need to enter this present kingdom right now through repentance and faith, we are to teach inside of the present kingdom. And we see that in Matthew 13, 51 through 52. Jesus saith unto them, have you understood all these things? They say unto him, yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, therefore every scribe, which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. So here we find Jesus said there are scribes and currently there were scribes. Or at that point when Jesus was on earth, there were scribes and he's making the point that, you know, as the kingdom of God extends and moves on through successive ages, there will be scribes that are instructed unto the kingdom of heaven. And then they use their knowledge of things both new and old and bring that to bear upon the minds and hearts of people they are speaking with in order that others may be instructed in the kingdom of God. So we see teaching about the kingdom of God and then we see teaching that is happening inside the kingdom of God as well. And that can only be true if the kingdom of God is a present kingdom. In case you've just tuned in, You are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. Visit and like our social media accounts with Facebook, Twitter, Gab, GabTV, and YouTube. Visit our website at www.godsresistance.com and contact us by email at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. So we've been bringing up many points that have to deal with a present kingdom, and we are continuing with some of these points. So uh, principles that we read about inside of especially the Gospels, there are principles about a present kingdom. Jesus taught them. Uh, We think about the parable of the sower. He said the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he tells us four types of soil or four different types of ground. And he's speaking that to people that are, and he's saying this message is like the kingdom. These truths are like the kingdom of heaven. And this only makes sense if the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is a present reality. There were different types of hearers, he said, in this particular kingdom. And that kingdom is made up of both saints and sinners, as we had talked about uh, coming up with the parable of the tares, making that even more explicit. But here Jesus is teaching these principles that govern this kingdom, and he's applying it to hearers right now. We also read in the same chapter of Matthew 13, the mustard seed and the leaven. We're told that the kingdom begins now, and it starts like a a small mustard seed, and it seems almost first imperceptible. But slow and steady progress of the gospel over the ages and through people groups and kingdoms of the of the world is Jesus' point, as he's saying that mustard seed may have small beginnings, but it's going to blossom into a large tree. Now, I remember just studying this not too long ago, but uh, mustard. We think of a mustard plant or whatever, and those are like, it's like a little herb in a garden. However, if you were to look in the Middle East, when Jesus said this, there were trees that were uh, like 20 to 30 feet tall and about 20 feet wide. So these were not small little nothings. They were large trees. And this is what he was trying to help them understand. The mustard seed is very small, but look what it grows into. And just like any other seed, same kind of idea. These are present kingdom principles that he was teaching to people that apply to this present time that we are alive from the time of Christ on earth all the way up until the end. Uh, we're told that there is a preciousness of a present kingdom. Through, and we we learn that through the parable of the hidden treasure in the field. We learn that through the parable of the pearl of great price, the, the hidden treasure that the gospel is so precious, this kingdom is so precious that we would sell everything else and bury this hidden treasure in order to keep it from prying hands. We also think about the pearl of great price. He's willing to sell all of his possessions and only have the pearl of great price, which we understand is the gospel. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's that precious. It is a present now kingdom that you and I can have within and not coming by observation, as Jesus said. Um, Though we know there will be a kingdom of glory where our faith will be made sight in the end. Um, There's also present authority of the church to guide teach and discipline inside of the kingdom of God and then heaven ratifying the church's decisions. So we find that here in Matthew 16, 19. He said, I will give unto thee, he's talking to his disciples, the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So this is speaking about the church having invested power and authority from Christ who has all power and authority right now, seated at the right hand of the father. He has then invested that authority into his people. And those people use that in church discipline and matters of judgment. And God says, Jesus says that whatsoever you bound is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Heaven ratifies it because we are a kingdom people and we have a king on the throne guiding and helping us. And by the way, this doesn't mean that we can just arbitrarily make decisions and heaven's gonna agree with us. We have a Bible. And this Bible tells us who this God is, what he's like, what he hates, what his kingdom is like, and it is given here as Jesus speak these things that we are moving in step with the principles of his kingdom and the things that he likes or hates. This kingdom was set up in the apostles' lifetime, and I mentioned this before, uh, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. So it was already set up in the apostles' lifetime. Then comes the day of Pentecost where the kingdom came in great power. And so we look at Matthew 16, 27 through 28. For the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That statement, if we just relegate it all towards the end, is quite confusing uh, by manner of interpretation. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom." He was speaking to his apostles. He's saying, there are some of you here that's going to see the kingdom of God coming in power. You will not die before this happens. Mark 9, 1. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death. So they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. I believe that came in the day of Pentecost. Um, so likewise, in uh, Luke 21, 31, ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. And it seems to be speaking about also around the destruction of Jerusalem, there is supposed to be this uh, incredible display uh, of the kingdom of God in power, according to this verse, Luke 21, 31. So a powerful display of the triumphing present kingdom, even in our present world. So the destruction of the temple in AD 70, that complete overthrowing of the Jewish polity was represented as the kingdom of God coming in power, according to Jesus' words, um, Christ is king now over the true Israel of God, Galatians six, fourteen through 16. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Who are the people that are the Israel of God, according to Galatians 6? It are the people, the redeemed people. Now we as Gentiles have entered the church. Israel was God's church from the beginning. Then the, the church gave its greatest expression as it as it left the geographical location and came in uh, to these, this church that now is going to have the Gentiles grafted in. So this is not a replacement theology, as some might say. This is the Gentiles entering into the church, and now we are not strangers, but we are a part of the commonwealth of in- Israel and benefactors of the promises now made. Romans 9, 6 through 9. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. So he's saying the people, even though there's physical descendants of Israel, they are not all Israel that are physical descendants, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. So he's saying the physical lineage is not what God is after here. I mean, he's after them. He wants them to be saved. He wants them to be part of the church and the church is, it's its saints, that have been saved, whether they be Jew, whether they be Gentile, or whatever, God broadened the kingdom open to include the entire world. Here, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh; these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. So the promise is ishmael was the the child of flesh and the promise didn't go to them it came to the promised child the impossible child which was isaac and he's the type of the the gentiles coming in or the it's not even just the gentiles it's that the people that had the same faith of abraham were abraham's seed and they are now the people of god according to these verses uh for this is the word of promise at this time will i come and sarah have a son so that kingdom was to come in power in the apostle's lifetime. And we're told by Luke 21, 31, that that happened at the destruction of Jerusalem in some uh, respect as well. And then after that Jewish polity moved away, we see the kingdom of God and the, the Israel of God in an entirely different light than we had previously understood. This is not replacement, but it's fulfillment of God's intended purposes from the, from the beginning. And then we're told we'll be judged at the last for what we did in this present kingdom while we lived on earth, according to our works. Also, uh, we are not waiting for some end times nation other than Israel to take the kingdom. Uh, Matthew 21, 43, therefore say I unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you, that is the Israelites, the Jewish people, and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. And the nation, I believe, is the church. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We're this this nation now that he's built out of people of all nations of the world. The now kingdom was taken out of the hands of the Jews and put into the hands of believing Jews and Gentiles or the whosoever will, according to the scriptures. The hypocritical Pharisees and scribes were not presently entering the kingdom and they were stopping others from doing so. That helps us to realize the kingdom was present in that time and is present still now. Matthew 23, 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, which means that they could have gone in, but they're not, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. So they were stopping people from entering in as well, which helps us to understand that the kingdom of God is not just a future time or a future state, but the kingdom of God is now and people can enter into it today. Then we read far above in Ephesians 1, 21 through 22, Far above all principality and power, this is Jesus in his rule and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So everything in heaven and in earth, according to this verse, is being put under the feet of Jesus because he's been given all authority and power. Now we're told in the end, this present kingdom, after Jesus, Jesus subdues all of his enemies will be given up into the hands of the father and then forever sealed in its eternal state. It began on the, the, when Jesus was walking here on earth, people were entering it into that time. People were preaching it. They were teaching about it. There were principles that it was governed by, and it is going to be then made plain to our sight. In the glory kingdom, the kingdom of glory will be made sight unto us. But you and I are living in this kingdom at this present moment. And may God help us to be light bearers, help us to be kings and priests unto our God at this present moment and to spread the borders of his kingdom through the power and authority of the risen Christ seated at the right hand of God. So dear listener, I don't know what your thoughts are concerning your place uh, in this present existence, concerning your place in the the work of God. But I want you to know this. Jesus told us that he is seated at the right hand of the father. All power has been given unto him in heaven and earth. And he said, because of that, go and preach the gospel, disciple all nations. So it's not just about preaching the gospel. That is one part. And discipling all the nations and teaching them whatsoever things Jesus commanded, and then baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, making converts to come into this kingdom and expanding the kingdom throughout all of the nations of the earth. This is the work of the kingdom of God right now. And he wants you and I to be pushing the borders of his kingdom forward. There is coming a day when all of what you and I see is going to be swallowed up and there won't be any more chance to be pushing forth this kingdom anymore. That that kingdom will finally be sealed at one point and it will be forever settled in an eternal state and there will be a heaven wherein dwells righteousness, no sin, no wickedness, nothing that shall offend. May you join God's resistance and be a part of it until you leave this world. Special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay slash four legalcode slash legal code.